All right, in theory, I am recording my end as well. Hi, and welcome to the Brewery FM podcast hosted by Scott Hogan and Dan Usher. Just two techies separated by technical difficulties, talking cloud, swaying back and forth, and technology. I'm Garen, and this is episode 27, recorded on the 13th of August 2015. So, uh, Scott, how's the awesome room that you're recording from tonight? This is the best closet I have ever recorded a podcast from, Dan. Is it's it amazing. Is the best closet you've ever been in? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is a pretty nice closet. So I have uh, one iPad. I have one iPhone. I have one set of uh, headphones, cans. And then I also have a line-in microphone that's running to an iPad that's recording all of this, and I'm really quite scared about the way that I have all of this set up. But if it works out, I will have invented the world's most mobile ghetto podcasting rig. Okay, I wish I wish we had a picture, but I guess I'd have to call Amanda to do that, and she'd probably kill me. So, yeah, no, that that will not work out well. There there will be no pictures of this event because it's kind of awkward. Okay. Yeah, no pictures. That's probably for the best. Um speaking of no pictures, uh have notifications turned off and yet I'm still getting beeps. This is awesome. Yeah, so uh kind of like what DND, we said a couple, couple days ago, El Capitan is really uh really sucking. Um, anyway, uh, today's topic, Sway, what do we think about it? Well, you know, we spent, uh, what, a little bit of time, you know, like one or two minutes talking about Sway in the last episode. You had a bunch of questions about it, and it turns out that the office team, they were able to just channel that energy from you and pick it up you know, from the antenna on top of their head that were just swaying back and forth and picking up those signals in the ether. And they said, hey, Dan, we're going to answer all of your questions. So, you know, I really thought this was just a great FAQ that they put up. Um, They actually just said, hey, here's the frequently asked questions about Sway, which is pretty nice because there's a lot of questions. So if I came back to you and I said, hey, Dan, what's the difference between the consumer version of Sway and Sway for Office 365? What do you, what would you say? Uh, there's no difference because they both still make you log in sometimes. Uh, yeah. Well, according to the office team, there's really not much that's different either. (laughs) Uh, so basically you have something that sits in Office 365 and something that sits in the consumer offering, of just office land, and they're both about the same. So, you know, that's always nice to know. Uh, You also had some questions about where your data was stored in Sway, right? Yep. Yeah, so it turns out that as of today, all of the Sway data is stored in Azure, which is awesome because Azure is a worldwide service and office 365 is a worldwide service and you would think that 
worldwide service meets worldwide service and they got together and they said gee we should store all our data around the world maybe uh, i don't know based on where the office 365 tenancy is like that would be a good idea right uh that would be a great idea but that leads us of course to the question uh dare we say it what happens with our friendly ITAR environments or our government environments? What does the Office 365 service description say? Uh, Sway is a tough one. So all of Sway's data is stored within uh, Azure data centers. Again, already covered that. that that's awesome and great. Uh, but they're only stored in U.S. data centers. Uh, not so great if you're running a business that's constrained to just Europe or the EMEA, or you want to sit in APAC, or um, maybe you're one of those companies in Australia that said, yay, Azure finally came here, and Office 365 is finally here, and uh, no, now my data is sitting in the U.S. again. So, eh, you know, uh, they're working on it. Uh, they want to eventually support data centers worldwide, that'll be great, you know, be in all 19 Azure regions and kind of mask that from the end user and put it all together and put it where it needs to be, but uh, it is what it is. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, there's actually a compliance framework for Office 365 uh, where they talk about um, where some of this data is hosted and how they host it. Um, and then they mentioned that they fall into category C for that compliance, uh, whatever category C means in Office 365 land. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what category C means, so I guess we'll, we'll skip off that one. But uh, for anybody that can find Sway in the Office 365 service description, I will send them a beautiful uh, unicorn sticker. So... You're still trying to give those things out? <clears throat> I am. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard. Uh, it doesn't exist within the SD, but maybe I'll create a fake page just to get a sticker. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Oh, you know what? Hey, look at this. It's actually mentioned. Um, so Office 365 uh, provides several services through integration with Microsoft Azure services. Any feature that involves storage, processing, or transmission of customer content... And Azure systems are not currently available to Office 365 government customers because the Azure public cloud does not provide the same commitments to data segregation, data location within the U.S., and restricted data access by administrators as provided by yada, yada, yada. This includes the following Sway Office 365 video, integration with Azure workflows, Power BI for Office 365. So there you have it. Well, mm, no, that just answered the Azure government question, not the questions that the rest of the world has. They don't matter. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Look at this. And, Scott, they still refer to it as the Outlook Web App, too. What's up with that? Uh, you know, they're going to catch up with that whole marketing thing, you know? If you listen to the Office 365 team, marketing is not important, right? We can just call apps add-ins and whatever. It's the technology that drives it, Dan. It's not about what it's called. So... What if I want to turn off Sway? Can I do that? Uh, sure. Um, hmm. yeah, kind of. Um, so there are some privacy controls, right? Or uh, privacy, depending on how you go about that. So 
you can go ahead and control some things like the default sharing level for sways and you can actually say, hey, uh, maybe I want to leave these things on, but I only want to allow them to be shared within my organization. Uh, totally kosher and, and ready to go. Um, so that's just external versus internal sharing and pretty easy to do. Uh, you also have a big switch to just go on or off uh, for whether Sway is there or not. Uh, now, if you turn Sway off, on your Office 365 tenant, there is absolutely nothing that is stopping your user from going to just create a consumer sway and share that on docs.com uh, and do all those other kinds of things. So, uh, albeit, you know, yes, you have the ability to shut it off, uh, but you're still going to have to do some things like user education uh, to really help your colleagues understand the best way to express their ideas using an interactive web-based canvas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I blew your mind with that one, didn't I? You did. Yeah. So, so it's on or off and it's internal or external. That's it. I was really hoping there'd be more permissions than that, but you know what? I'll take the internal external piece and run with it. Uh, yeah, you're going to settle for what you get and you're going to like it because that's what the office 365 team thought you should get. So, uh, you know, the, it, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this out there cause you always do such a great job with it. So I'm going to put links to a couple of articles in the show notes for this FAQ and, uh, the administrative settings for Sway so that people can go and figure out how to not really make this thing work the way they want it to. Uh, how would folks go ahead and find the show notes? Um, I know. So they would uh, open up a web browser, go to pub.brewery.fm uh, forward slash brewery 027 since this is episode 27. And the web notes or the show notes would be right there for them hosted on our beautiful Tumblr site. Excellent. Wow, you, you you do a good job with that every time, you know. I, I really do try. Um, you know, speaking of uh, the Sway stuff, though, it, I guess kind of my thought on it is uh, because it is uh, a consumer product brought to kind of the enterprise, um, that could be potentially why we see the way it is the way it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, ab absolutely, right? So it's been backfilled and it's been brought over to 365 and uh, clearly there was a value add there either from a marketing or functionality or some other perspective. And, uh, you know, being a mm, uh, traditional IT pro, uh, typically, you know, I'm, I'm with you in the camp of, well, how do we control this? How do we shut it down? How do we... Uh, mold and bend it to where we want it to be. And a lot of the things and services that are presented with an Office 365 are actually more towards uh, let's enable shadow IT and push things ahead because IT can be uh, a little bit hard on actually letting things uh, move forward and maybe gestate the way they should. True. I think also just uh, the issue of 
you know, a lot of the time we tend to build things out. And when we build them out, um, if we're trying to make it a consumer product, we make it as easy as possible. Whereas enterprise products, when people say and they want to be restrictive about things, that's when we start going, oh, crap, we have to go back and rebuild the framework this thing was built on. So hopefully sometime down the road, we will see more enterprise-y permissions and whatnot for this. But kind of speaking of the enterprise consumer side of things, um, something you might uh, get a giggle out of, but they also published up something about Outlook partner add-ins and the expanded rollout of Outlook.com preview. So uh, we've talked about this a couple times, Outlook.com, the beautiful interface of Hotmail that was just redone a couple years ago is being redone to take on the view of Outlook on the web as it is now known, which is more that enterprise Outlook uh, interface for Office 365 coming to our friendly Outlook.com email addresses and live.com. So in that case, you know, they're taking product they built and pushing it the other way. Yep, and eventually it is all going to blend together and and live in the same space. You you know, um, we can look at things like this, and one of the interesting things to me is, uh, uh, you know, there's some new services that have come out in Office 365, so uh, take the Groups offering, right? So Groups goes ahead and... Uh, creates things like its SharePoint sites off in a managed path with a bunch of site collections that we as administrators don't have any insight into. And and we really don't know too much about what's going on over there and and what's happening and what people are doing. Um, But clearly the Office 365 team has seen a need for... uh, something for their users to use, right? That they, they always go back and say, you know, we have telemetry and we have marketing and everything else that tells us uh, people kind of want these things. So maybe we get in the way a little bit too much. And, uh, you know, it, always one of those kind of really uh, strange places to be as somebody who has to enable these services and at the same time, we're always looking to provide the guidance for how do we shut them down? How do we uh, make them harder to use? Well, you know, the product team on the other side is saying, hey, let's let more people use these things and make them easier to use. Yep. So, yeah. How do we, how do we balance that? Uh, on the... We don't. We just shut it all off. Well, I mean, we could do that. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, it was interesting that blog article also talked about partner add-ins and two that caught my eye right off the bat. Um, so remember, these used to be Office apps. Now they're Office add-ins. Tomorrow they'll be Office, I don't know, iframes. Um, one of them was, uh, oddly enough, um, I'm actually scared to say this on the air, um, but what's that notebook thing you really like? Evernote. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Evernote has a uh, add-in for Outlook that uh, you can have open with your email on the side, which is kind of kind of nifty. Yeah, it, it, it's about time because let me tell you, Evernote like blows OneNote out of the water, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So the other one was uh, they had uh, Wonderlist, which I thought was interesting. Um, I'm not certain if that was a pre. Uh, pre-acquisition app or if that was something that 
was uh, recently put in front of them like, hey guys, welcome to the office team. Uh, go build this to integrate. <laughs> well, to be fair, Wonderlist is coming soon, right? So there's a bunch of things that are available today, like Boomerang and Evernote and PayPal. Uh, heck, even Uber is in there. But uh, there are some things that are going to wait for a little further on down the line, including things like Yelp and Wonderlist. They had a picture of it. It must exist. Mm, it can exist. And then, you know, with the big coming soon label next to it. Sure. Mm, okay. Fair enough. Um, the other cute article, at least that I thought it was cute, uh, the fact that uh, they're still yammering about Yammer and how to optimize it to uh, make the interface a little bit better. Um, when I first opened up this article, I read the headline and thought to myself, oh, they're making more changes. Great. Um, when in reality it was them announcing the changes they had, I guess, uh, implemented over the past two, three weeks. So didn't feel quite as bad about it. But uh, definitely my heart kind of stopped for a second there when going crap what did they change this time or oh they're, they're changing the ui again really so uh ab testing at its finest i mean that's what yammer is known for right yeah it's just uh you know like i said reading the headline where it says optimizing yammer for teams um because of all the ab testing they've done over the past year two years five years whatever uh, it was one of those moments of my heart sinking and thinking to myself, crap, what did they really change this time? So I'm glad to see that, fortunately, it's just a recap of changes they've pushed in over the past couple months. Yep, depending on your tendency and where you sit, what's going on. So uh, there, there's actually a couple really good things in here, right? So uh, one of my complaints about Yammer is always what is going on with that... Mm, uh, all feed or kind of like your all company. Hey, everybody's going to dump everything in here because, uh, you know, regardless of what the Yammer team said, we never gave anybody training and we never figured out what was going on there. So, uh, now hopefully everybody is going to start seeing the discovery feeds, which are a little bit different, um, in that they're supposed to be honed in on things like group updates uh, and surfacing conversations from within groups rather than the all-company feed, which is really nice. Uh, and then they also talked about having this uh, real-time group activity indicator. So as you're working your way through groups, uh, you know you can always see the number of unread messages and uh, things like that that are going on in a group. So that should be updating in real-time. And then based on those notifications, you'll get a little button kind of down towards the bottom of your current viewport that says, um, hey, you know, you're about to finish this group, but uh, there might be a group notification over in another group. So let's go ahead and skip there. So, you, uh, you know, you were in group A and your next group is group B. So just go ahead and click a button and go over that way, which is all really nice. Uh, they still have no mention of adding a mark all as red button to the notifications, so I shall continue to be super sad. Yeah, the the mark all would be uh, would be beautiful because I know 
uh, whenever I log into the Office 365 IT Pro network, or I guess it's just the Microsoft network for public engagement. It's the best way, I guess, I think about it. Uh, I've got something probably like 85 messages that I haven't read, and I have no intention of sitting there and clicking, like, stop following, stop following, stop following. Um, since a lot of them are the abuse of like notifications that folks just use. Uh, well, it's not even notifications. So if you participate in things like the Microsoft networks, so you mentioned there's the IT Pro one, or I guess it's, yeah, the technical network now, or whatever it is. Um, but there's a bunch of those that Microsoft provides. So uh, I'm in a couple for just Microsoft partners, and there's some that you're in for different products that exist within the stack. And, uh, you know, people, the administrators of those networks are always sending out, like, just whole network-wide announcements and blasts. And uh, I know being part of, like, some of the partner networks, you know, they send out three or four announcements a day, and there's no way to opt out of those. Those are just all network notifications and they come through and they hit you and uh, not only do you get to see them when you log in in the UI but you also get a nice email about them which prompts you to go log in and see them in the UI so uh, it, it's a bit circular and uh, kind of annoying like you said yeah I guess um, that would be you know fantastic if they follow their own medicine about how to uh, how to actually use Yammer but it's what it is I suppose someday um, yeah, someday, somehow. Uh, I do agree with you, though, that it is pretty nice. Uh, some of those additional little uh, niceties or nicefications. Nicefication, that's a good word. Um, little bits they've added in when it comes to you know making use of hopping from group to group to group and seeing the real-time updates. Uh, the caveat is, is whenever I bust open Task Manager and watch the memory and just go, oh my gosh. Uh, so... Yammer, similar similar to any other chat application, Yammer is chatty at times. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I bet Microsoft Edge takes care of all that. Yeah, I mean, with all of its plugins, and yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yep, and its ability to... Oh, mm, yeah, you can actually save anything from Microsoft Edge, so a little bit of a bummer there. Details. Uh, you know, it's the small things that make the world go round. That's true. Um, so, OneDrive. OneDrive. Uh, uh, OneDrive's always a bit of a mess, isn't it? Well, I guess uh, I, I'm kind of chuckling because uh, I guess the Word team published something out about real-time co-authoring on OneDrive um, being in preview, uh, in the sense of preview being Office 2016 preview. But, uh, you know, they, they started off for the last several months. This feature has been available to preview users co-authoring Word documents stored on SharePoint Online. Uh, yeah, SharePoint 2013 could do this. SharePoint 2010 had this capability built in in some capacity. Right, uh, and, the, and a lot of that was Office web apps or those specific just kind of communication mechanisms in the background that were enabling that, so... It's always been a mix of client or just the web, right? And now they've come out about, hey, let's do some more web stuff. Yeah. I think for me, though, my laugh on this is where they, they say, now when two or more users using the latest preview 
open the same Word document from OneDrive. They can co-author with authors in real time. They don't clearly delineate if they're talking about OneDrive or OneDrive for business. Uh, so anytime they say OneDrive and it's posted by the Word team, it's usually just OneDrive consumer. Yeah. Um, so, so they've had confusing posts like this in the past where they've said like, hey, you're going to be able to open blah, blah, blah from your OneDrive and it's just going to open up in uh, WAC in some form, whether that's uh, uh, inside of Excel or Word or, or whatever the tooling is. Um, and if you go and look at the screenshots, it's usually something to do with the consumer versions. Yeah, I guess uh, my my bit about this, though, is they tag it as being both Office 365 as well as OneDrive. So Yeah, th- they also tag it as uh, a bunch of other useless things like Outlook, Partner, School, Updates, Office Client, and Personal. So let's just abuse the tagging on our blog. You know, the other thing that's really ticking me off about these guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but when they publish these blog posts. So I follow a bunch of the office blog feeds, right? They have one for, uh, just blogs at office.com. And then they're supposed to have a specific one for the office team and another specific one for SharePoint and things like that. As of right now, when they publish a blog post, it hits the RSS feed for everything. So not only do they not know how to tag their posts, but their current blog engine does not, uh, let's see, uh, play nice with RSS feeds. Yeah. Yep. Kind of annoying. I, I bet you're seeing all that too, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's more depressing when I look up and I go, oh, look, there's a new, oh, there's no new article. Never mind. Yeah. Well, y- you know, it would be really nice if, as we were reading these articles, we had time to go fishing. And just take a step back and a deep breath and relax. Do you know anything about fishing? Um, you know, I, I've never been a big fan of putting the hook on the fish, but uh, I, I've done it. Um, it's not a huge thing I love doing. But, uh, you know, if I was working in a high-stress job and uh, had everybody watching me and commenting on how I was, you know, making decisions that impact their, their workflow, daily workflow. Uh, occasionally I, I would probably think, you know, I'm just going to go fishing and let it all just, uh, let it all just go for a while. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, sometimes, like you said, we all need to take that deep breath and take a step back and figure out what's going to be best for us. So, uh, one of the things that popped up here was Chris Johnson, who, uh, is a, uh, he, he worked on the marketing team. I don't know if he was kind of like considered a product manager or, uh, what within that group, but he kind of sat above Jeremy Thake and, uh, some other folks over there, uh, on the marketing side. Uh, you know, he's decided to move on, found a better opportunity and, uh, he's going to be heading over to a new uh, Kirkland-based innovation lab called Hyperfish. Uh, so uh, that their whole goal is going to be helping businesses run better in the cloud with Office 365. So, uh, you know, he's uniquely positioned to make that happen and help out with it. And uh, he's going to be heading over that way at the end of this month and early September. So good luck to him. Yeah, definitely good luck to Chris. Uh, he's been 
a great advocate for the community and, you know, keeping the community involved and whatnot. Uh, it's kind of funny uh, on his LinkedIn page. Um, he is listed as the group product marketing manager at Microsoft. So uh, primarily around, you know, uh, developer relationships, um, working with developers, helping to make certain that solutions can be more easily uh, picked up and run with by developers instead of archaic APIs that nobody really understands how to use. Yep. And that explains most of Office 365 in layman's terms. Yep. Um, but, you know, one person that, uh, that hasn't left Microsoft and hasn't really left the Office group, uh, Arpan Shaw. Uh, there's an article he put out there. I guess he recorded with... Uh, the folks do that do the office <coughs> mechanic show, which used to be the office garage. Uh, I guess they're moving up in the world. Um, basically about how they do update testing. Um, and I know there's been a lot of things like uh, Mark Anderson wondering why we have JavaScript files uh, showing up <laughs> in, uh, in our tenants uh, prior to them really being flushed out and tested um, so he kind of went through the run through of the quote unquote rings of validation for changes and now they start off with a feature team. So the folks inside Microsoft and then move off to the office 365 team to like the broader, uh, team and then get moved into dog fooding, I guess, as they would call it for all of Microsoft. Uh, and then they get pushed into first release after it's, you know, been validated by Microsoft uh, official testing, and then once they see that it's solidifying there, it pushes out to what they call Ring 4, uh, which is the worldwide group, so all the rest of the tenants. Yep. You know, I can't help but feel like some updates might sneak through one or two of those rings occasionally and uh, maybe skip from something like, you know, Ring 1 to Ring 4, but... Eh, stuff happens. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, he also offered some other ways to keep up with updates that are happening and maybe get ahead of some of that change fatigue. So uh, we've talked about a bunch of these things in the past, right? The Office 365 roadmap. Um, there is the message center, which uh, should be unique to your tenancy and present messages about what's going on in there. Uh, there's the Office 365 admin app, which is available on iOS, Android, uh, and the dead platform of Windows Phone. Uh, and one of the things that I thought was funny that he threw in there, he said, uh, go ahead and go to success.office.com. So uh, this is the old... Uh, this site replaced a bunch of things, right? This is where we go and... Uh, you can learn about fast-track deployments now. It replaced all the discoversharepoint.com comment. Uh, you know, there's some stuff about social and Yammer in there and everything else. Um, but, you know, he mentions that's your one-stop shop for everything uh, that you're going to need to deploy and drive adoption of Office 365. So uh, that's another thing that's out there. I'm not sure how driving adoption is actually going to help you with managing change. But, you know, it's something that's out there. So I think they uh, they look at it more as uh, the adoption piece being um, 
project planning. Yeah. So, you know, defining a scope, um, figuring out uh, your adoption plan, uh, how to commit resources and execute towards that plan, and then how to actually look at your metrics to measure. So I think that's more. You know, if that's the way they look at it, they should really put those resources out on that site rather than templates for lunch and learns. Well, if, uh, if it makes you feel any better, they have the guide that you can pull down and look through. Um, but if you actually want to go create your own adoption plan, you have to log in. Yeah. I'm but I mean, la- I'm way too lazy to get all that done. But, uh, you know, that might, that might come in handy for folks that, uh, are trying to put some of that out and, uh, build out all this, uh, you know, different stuff to help make certain that things go smoothly. Of course, you're right. It's, uh, it requires a little bit of, uh, interpretation as to how this works. Yeah, just a little bit. I, I get it. It's hard. It's tough. Blah, blah, blah. We all got to keep up and figure out the best way through and everything else. But, uh, yeah, it gets kind of grinds on me sometimes that it's just taking a while to get there. Yep. Uh, so what if I wanted to, you know, make SharePoint not look like SharePoint, Scott? How would I do that? Ooh, I think this is actually a great closing topic that you've chosen. So uh, uh, Victor Willen had a really nice article out on his site. So he's been killing it with a lot of the Office 365 groups information lately and and some other things. And he had a great article about out there uh, about taking control of Office 365 themes. Uh, So a while back, we had this ability to basically uh, go ahead and create a theme across the entire suite. So that would apply to uh, your suite bar across everything, and you could have uh, background images and some different colors, and uh, you could actually define a custom logo and things like that. So uh, that's always, or at least since it's been released, uh, that's out under your company profile. Um and then you can go ahead and choose custom theming. So if you're an admin within your tenancy in Office 365, you can go and set these things up. So uh, again, you could have a custom logo. You could actually wrap a URL around that logo. So you know maybe you want to take people back to your public site or maybe back to your on-premises intranet because you know, you're running in a hybrid mode or, or whatever that may be. Um, And then you could always do the colors and everything else like that. Um, Now, one of the weird things or one of the design decisions that maybe got left behind was um, once an admin went in and created that that top-level theme, uh, somebody could still go into a SharePoint site and they could say, well, you know, I want to have a different theme in my SPO site. And they could go ahead and make it a nice gaudy green and purple, and it would be, you know, just off and doing whatever it was going to do. So now they've gone ahead and added basically this one new feature, and it is quite literally just a checkbox, but it becomes kind of important if you care about uh, theming and consistency within your tenancy. Uh, 
And all it is, is it prevents your users from overriding uh, custom theming with their own theme. And that's it. And then once you do that, users can't go in to SPO, no matter what their permission permissions are, and uh, override that top-level theme. So that's kind of great. Yeah, I mean, in, in some regards, that's, uh, that's beneficial because, you know, there are a lot of times where we just don't want folks to screw around with the UI. Yep. Uh, so it doesn't affect everything. So, so, so to be fair, uh, there is... Uh, there's a couple kind of like EDA-ish themes, high contrast, things like that. And users are always going to be able to go in and select those. Um, but they're not going to be able to create a custom theme on the fly. So they'll be able to use either your corporate approved theme or one of the high contrast themes, something like that. And then they'll be off to the races and running. (laughs) 